It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name's Mike Bernard. I am your host. Thanks for being with us. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. Next to my friends and business partners at KFG, Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn. Hey, what do you do when you get the dreaded news that your pension is being shut down? That's some some scary news yeah. that a lot of people are receiving these days, and it brings a whole bunch of new questions that need to be answered, decisions that need to be made. And on today's episode of Wise Money, we're discussing this issue and answering your questions in the next hour. That's right. A lot to cover here today. If you have a question, we want to talk about it on this show. We want to talk about what you're thinking about, what you're going through in your finances. In fact, we're kicking off the topic today with Tom's question. So you can submit a question to us in three different ways. First, find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. Catch up on previous episodes right there, but you can leave a question right there on the right. That shoots an email directly to me. We'll hit it on an upcoming show. Second, call or text us, 574-222-2000. That's a great way to leave your questions as well, and we'll hit it. And lastly, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Wise Money Radio. Every episode is on the YouTube channel. You can even submit questions on Facebook, all that sort of stuff. Stay connected in the conversation. All right, as I mentioned, and as Josh teased out there, we are launching today's show with a question from Wise Money fan named Tom. Here's what he asked. So Tom's 57. He said, I have worked for a hospital in the area for the past 25 years, and I received a notice a few weeks ago that my pension is being cashed out and I need to decide what to do with it. What are my options and what should I do? Well, that is a great question, Tom. Uh, thank you for sure for sending that question to us and we'll do our best to handle that. I know that is a question that a number of our clients have come to us with and said, what, what is happening here? So let's, let's back up a little bit and talk about what a pension is. So pension is a defined benefit plan where the company that you work for says, if you work for us for a certain period of time, based on the number of years you've worked for us, for the based on your income that you've made, sometimes they average it out, uh, maybe your high five or the last uh, whatever years that you've worked. Um, so your age, your years of service, your income, and they say, we will pay you X amount from the time that you are done working or a certain age until you die. And so basically, you are, in essence, staying on the payroll until you die. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You'll be an employee of that firm forever. My dad worked for State Farm for 36 years, retired about 15 years ago, and they've been paying him on a monthly basis ever since. Which, when you say that out loud, it's... Sounds like a dream, huh? <laughs> That's pretty. It, or a nightmare if you're a company, which is what we're what we're getting down to. I mean, basically, that's not money that's just coming from a ferry somewhere, folks, or money pennies from heaven. It's coming from the company, and they're the one shouldering the risk 
of keeping that promise of paying you for as long as you might live. Right, because if there's a formula that says this is how much you will get paid, the company is then on the hook for putting the money into the plan to make sure that that money comes out of the plan and into your mailbox on a monthly basis until you die. So when you think about that, if you worked for a company, so my dad worked for State Farm for 36 years. He may live 36 years in retirement. So State Farm is on the hook for Kenneth Eugene Corhorn Sr. for 72 years. That's, that is a lot of responsibility. Now, you know, we, we need to balance the discussion here because from a company standpoint, that's difficult to pay someone for what's that math? You guys know I'm not that good at math. 76 years. Yeah, 72. <laughs> 72 sure. years. I didn't know exactly what you said there. Uh, 72 years. So the company's on the hook for that. But as an individual... Oh my goodness, having a guaranteed stream of income there that can last your entire lifetime is a huge deal, which brings us right back to this dreaded news that when you're an individual and you receive this news that your pension's changing or stopping, boy, that can create some fear and some anxiety. Well, it may put you right back to the drawing board on having to recalculate your readiness for retirement. If you were counting on a couple social security checks coming in and then Mm -hmm. this pension, and now all of a sudden it's being pushed out to you and you have to uh, go to plan B yeah. quite quite possibly. That's a very big, big risk. And we're going to talk about some of those plans and some of those adjustments uh, here, here in a little bit. But I mean, essentially, the difference here is with a pension plan, think of it like your 401k. You're saving up, maybe the company's putting some match in there, and then you're bearing the investment risk and the investment management responsibilities to hopefully put enough in and have the account appreciate enough so that you can draw income off of that for the rest of your life. On a pension, it works the exact same way, except the company's responsible for putting the money in and making sure it grows adequately to keep that promise to you. And what's happened over the past 15 years with investments and so on, uh, it's making it harder for companies to keep that promise. Well, and when is that promise ever fulfilled, right? As long as you're alive, they have promised to keep on making payments. So they're not done fulfilling that promise until the day that you pass away. And this is, in the economics of the problem, it is due to people living longer than expected. Well, uh, I, cl- <clears throat> that's a factor. It might not be the only factor. I think it's a huge one, personally. I I would agree with you. It is a small component of the problem. <laughs> oh my goodness! But I but going Minus back to go, right. going back to what Mike said. I'm going to whip up a yeah. spreadsheet right now. <laughs> Please actually. do because if you go back to what Mike said, the he, Mike said it's the investment. The investments are the issue. And really, I would hone in on that and I'd say it's not really investments as much as it is bonds. Interest rates. And, and I have talked to clients with a simple example. If, if, I needed, if your pension payout was $50,000 a year and bonds could reliably get us 5%, the company needs to set aside a million dollars to get that funded for you. Mm-hmm. If bond, bonds went down to 1%, now the company needs to set aside $5 million to generate that same $50,000. And while that illustration is somewhat in the extremes, that is in essence what has happened. Bonds have come down to below historic norms Mm -hmm. and we had two amazing bear markets in a 10 year span. So the projections, because the projections for the pension plan 
they keep right on going regardless of what the market does. And because in essence, the company has stepped in and said, hey, we will make sure that this is guaranteed income to the recipient, the company is on the hook for the shortfall. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That, that pool of money that is generating the income for all those payouts, if it shrinks or doesn't grow to the right size, the employer um, can be forced to dump more money in. And often that comes at a time when maybe they themselves are feeling strained by an economic downturn or, or something like that. That's exactly right. And this is why, we, Tom, this is why we're starting to answer your question with the uh, economics behind it. Because the point here, you're, you've brought up a local hospital that has been receiving this news. And because we're practitioners, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, because this show is full of not just talking heads, but people that actually advise families and small businesses in the community. I mean, we've been experiencing this with folks. But unfortunately, this is not an isolated incident to just the hospital. This has been happening with waves and waves of companies over the past five years, especially even the last 10. And it's likely to continue. I don't want to scare anyone, but you, but you ought to know why. And then in a moment, we're going to be talking about what things you can do to prepare. Yeah, and I would, I would go, it has been happening, and Mike, you said five years. I'd go back even further than that. In the early 80s, about 60% of the workers in the private sector were covered by defined benefit plans. So by a pension plan. Yep, by a pension plan. And so today that number is 4%. So you could draw a line from 1980 to 2017, and the slope of that line is directly down. So in the public sector, the pension is still a a big deal. But here's the problem, folks, and I'm not trying to scare you. My mom was a teacher for, I think it was, mom, if you're listening, I think it was 36 years. 34 of those were in the same classroom. And she's getting a pension. And I don't want to scare you, mom, or scare anyone else who's been receiving a pension. But in in that space, it's been thought of that, well, my pension's protected. No, actually, the municipalities, the states, they've got the same economics at play here. So now, what do you do about it? Is there anything that you can do to start preparing yourself for an eventual adjustment that may or may not occur? Well, we've got that coming up and a lot more here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. So what do you do if you find out that your pension is being taken away, being cashed in, and all of a sudden this lifelong income stream that you've been planning on and planning around is all of a sudden either in jeopardy in jeopardy, or going to change? That's what we're talking about today. It's a great question from Tom. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike. I've got Josh and Kevin here with me in the KFG Studios. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keen, as well as First State Bank for sponsoring the content of the show. If you have questions, again, we're hitting Tom's, wisemoneyradio.com, call or text 574-222-2000, or Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Wise Money Radio. Let me tell you his question again. He's 57. He's been working for a local hospital for 25 years, and he just received a notice that his pension is being cashed out and he needs to decide what to do with it. We're about to hit that. Um, so what are my options and what should I do? Well, and I, I think it's worth reiterating also that even though this is framed as a hospital question, he's a hospital employee, 
This is not unique to the hospitals or the healthcare industry at all. We're seeing this happening across the board. It's been a downward trend. If you look at the number of employers out there that even offer a pension, the number is shrinking. It's right? 4% is what, what Kevin said. In the private sector. In the private sector. Right. Yeah. So I think it's about so 11% overall. Yep. And not long ago, you know, we were citing numbers like 15 and 16%. So mm -hmm. this is actively happening real time. And if you have a pension yourself, it's very possible that you may encounter some of this also. And uh, I, I think at the break, I was able to convince you guys that it's because people are living longer and maybe a little bit because of uh, rates of return, interest rates, that sort of thing, right? Our There's a few contributing factors here into why companies are doing this. And so what are your options? That's right. Um, in this particular case, uh, well, more and more often lately, uh, employers are partnering up with private insurance companies to give you the option of continuing a payout just like you had expected to receive anyway. They're basically just taking a big pool of money, shifting it into the hands of the insurance company, and then the insurance company is the one guaranteeing your payout. And that's an important point there. Why an insurance company? Why not just the stock market or a mutual fund? Well, an insurance company is structured in a way that where they can continue that guarantee. They can reassess how, that pool of dollars and say, all right, we will guarantee to give you X amount for the rest of your life. Mutual funds can't offer that guarantee. Banks can't offer that. Insurance companies are yeah. uniquely structured. To They're do the that. only ones that can use the G word. Exactly. Right? Guarantee is unique to insurance companies or previously to your pension company as well. So you may have the option of continuing a stream of income, but it just depends on how your employer handles the shutdown. Some are forcing people to just take a lump sum payout that the wise thing to do there, I, I believe, would be to roll that over into another tax shelter so that you don't have a big nasty tax event on your hands. Um, that allows you, though, to treat this as an investment pool that now you're responsible for managing. You have the risk of uh, performance and, and risk in, uh, in the markets and everything on your shoulders instead of the pension company. You slid by the most dangerous one. And, and this is part of the reason why we're excited to answer this question for you is if, you, if, if you're uh, somewhat paralyzed by um, the gravity of having to make this decision, or maybe you've got too much on your plate and you miss the, the mail that comes in a couple times and you just kind of ignore it, they might cash this out, folks and just send you a check. If you don't elect to draw the income, guaranteed income, and you don't elect to roll it over into another retirement account, they would just send you the money, in which case it's all taxable. And if you're not at age 59 and a half, it's gonna be penalized as well. So this nest egg that's been building that maybe you haven't seen, you've just known there's a promise out there, now could significantly shrink if you take possession of it. So I'd be very, very careful, especially of that of that option. Yeah, if you if you receive this a notice in the mail that this is happening, it, you're, when you talk about what your options are, I would say what's this is what's not optional. What's not optional is whether or not you decide to lead. This is a leadership opportunity. So you should run, don't walk, to your financial planner. Make sure your financial planner is certified. So if you are working with a certified financial planner, take this to your certified financial planner and say, hey, I've got this issue. I need to, you to help me walk through it. If you don't have one, 
find one. Yeah. And because the the big deal is we we skipped right over this whole lump sum thing because you say, well, hey, we can I can take it as a lump sum or I can roll it over into my employer's retirement plan or I can roll it into an IRA. I'll just take the the whole lump sum thing. If you take it as a lump sum, they're automatically going to withhold taxes. Mm-hmm. And I can promise you that if they're automatically going to withhold taxes and it's at 20%, I can guarantee you this, it's the wrong amount. Yeah. Right. So, and I'll just give you a quick example. If the, if your benefit was $10,000 and you said, hey, just roll that out to me, I'll take it. And they, and they send you a check for $8,000. And then you say, hey, maybe I don't want this money. Maybe I should put it back into a retirement plan. So you put it back into a retirement plan. You put the 8000 back in. Well, the 2000 that was withheld for taxes is going to be as if it, it was a taxable distribution to you. Yeah. So there's all different kinds of ways to get tangled up and backwards in this thing. And so I would encourage you that the, the option that for sure you don't want to do is to take the lump sum, even if the only thing you did was to roll it to your IRA and then decide, hey, if I'm going to cash it out, cash it out from your IRA and decide what the tax withholding should be so that the you are not left short. Because the the worst thing that you can do, and this is where you say, well, how do a lot of big mistakes get started? They get started with a series of small mistakes. So the small mistake is, hey, I did this thing, but I will accumulate money and pay my taxes when the time comes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it, that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Uh, something you said in there I thought was some fantastic advice, and that was the first person you should be running to is your advisor. There are a lot of folks that are going to naturally think that their human resource manager is the first person to run to. And they may be able to answer some mechanical questions on timeline and which form to use and everything, but they can't give advice they can't bring that risk on their shoulders. And quite frankly, they can't know as much about your private financial life as they would need to. Certainly your forward-looking retirement projection, that's the context that these decisions need to be made in. There are tax implications all over the place, as Kevin was saying. And uh, so, so making these decisions in the context of a comprehensive financial plan, of course, is going to be the advice that we give, mm-hmm. but we can't stress it enough. That should be something that, that this may be forcing you to take action on something you've, you've known for a while that I need to go get a financial plan in place. Maybe now is the time. Well, we've, we've said before, our view just from experience is that everyone needs a certified financial planner in their life, helping them make financial decisions. We've talked about wise financial habits. This is the Wise Money Show. So how do you make a wise financial decision? Well, you don't really need wisdom until you have a key decision to make in your finances. And this is one, which is often why starting a relationship with a certified financial planner is often event-driven. All of a sudden, I'm pushed into a corner. I've got to make a decision and I need some help. And folks, if this is, if this is you, then now's the time to have that trusted professional help you. If this isn't you and you don't have that certified financial planner on your team, now's the time to start looking for one and and starting that relationship, starting to interview to make sure you've got the right fit so that you're ready when a decision comes up. Now, we need to talk about some of 
what your options are, what you should do. But I just want to recap here for this exact decision. You get the notice and you've got, what is it, four options here, guys, just to recap. One is you could take it in cash, lump sum cash. And the danger there, they're going to withhold just flat amount, 20% tax. That will likely be the wrong amount. And number one, it's taxable and could be penalized. And you're going to spend the money. This was supposed to be for retirement, <laughs> right? Right. Don't spend it now if you're not in retirement. Second option is you could roll it into your new company or uh, your existing company's 401k plan. That could be a good idea. You'd avoid tax, but then you're limited in the investment choices there. Uh, third, you could roll it into an IRA that you have, which is another type of pre-tax vehicle. So rolling that over would not be a taxable event. And then you could choose how you want to invest it or withdraw it in the future. And then lastly, you could transfer the uh, pot to an insurance company who will promise to make some sort of payment to you on a monthly basis for the rest of your life. Those are your choices. Now, how does that impact your long-term retirement plan? What adjustments do you need to make? We've got that and much more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Are you spending or you're using your credit card for all of your Christmas purchases? Uh, I know a lot of folks that are doing that this year. We're going to talk about pros and cons here. I got a question from Sarah coming up about, hey, is that a good idea? Is that not a good idea? What should you do? We're still tackling a question from Tom, though, about what happens when you find out that your pension is frozen. You need to do something with it. Guys, this is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard next to Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn in the KFG studios. Want to say a special thank you to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100 for partnering with us on the Wise Money Show. Remind you, once again, if you have a question or want to engage in the show in new ways, reach out to us, wisemoneyradio.com. Or call tax 574-222-2000. Last book, Facebook, tw- lastly, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, wisemoneyradio.com. All right, we're wrapping up. Tom's question, he's 57. Here's what he asked. I've worked at a hospital for the past 25 years, and I received a notice that my pension is being cashed out, and I've got to decide what to do with it. What are my options, and what should I do? We just recapped those options of cash it out, Uh, don't do that. You can roll it into your existing company's plan, roll it to an IRA, or sometimes they'll offer you to continue some sort of income stream, but it's a reduced amount. That leads us right into what sort of trade-offs is this going to create in your financial life and in your retirement plan? Hmm. Well, I don't know if if this is a trade-off necessarily, but certainly a response that has to happen is a complete recalculation of your retirement plan. You know, if, if you had a forecast that said you were going to build up a retirement nest egg to a certain size and it was going to serve as a supplement to a pension income and a couple of social security checks, and now all of a sudden you have a hole in the income stream, right. uh, you're going to need a bigger nest egg to supplement with, yeah. right? And so how big does that nest egg need to be and how are you going to get there? Because some of you are getting this news that your pension is changing kind of on the eve of retirement. Maybe there's not a ton of time to to respond and get ready, which just puts even more urgency on a quick response time. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why we were saying in the last segment that your first call should be to your financial advisor 
to talk through the the implications of this. Here's my big concern is that you may have been relying on this. You may have done some calculations or received some paperwork in the past that said this is what your income is going to be. And you've looked at that number and you look at your social security and you say, yep, we can live on that. We're good. We don't need to save anything. And you've been relying on this for a while. Therefore, you haven't done much else. You've just assumed, well, I've got the retirement piece handled. And all of a sudden, you've got this burden thrust on your shoulders where now that new math is going to be, well, instead of the pension being something this high, maybe it's two-thirds of that or maybe it's half of that. And all of a sudden, you've got this gap that you've got to figure out what to do with. And folks, the, in my opinion, the most important financial habit that separates financially successful uh, folks and those who aren't is proactivity. And so I, that's, an, uh, that's a very uncomfortable position to be scrambling. Gosh, I, I would encourage you to be proactive and be setting money aside, even if you've got this pension that's been promised to you. That's a great point. You know, one of the ways that you can be proactive as well is in building up some of your own skill and knowledge, your comfort level with investing. Um, if you've been relying on a pension as your future stream of income and now all of a sudden that responsibility is shifting to you, you're going to have to be making a lot of big investment decisions for the rest of your life. Yep. You're going to have a pool of money that needs to be managed well and it needs to have adjustments to it as, as time goes on. So it's important that you work with a financial advisor, some sort of professional who can uh, be a guide to you in this area of investment management. You need to be growing in your investment savvy so that you're not overwhelmed by this responsibility when it is uh, put on your shoulders. And I would also say one of the things that you want to have an awareness of, so we work with some folks that worked for a steel company here in town and the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation took over their pension. So the the folks that I'm thinking of were looking at getting a higher amount and then when um, the when company said we can't fulfill these promises anymore so they basically it got taken over yep and back when that got taken over it's very interesting to look at the numbers uh, the deficit for the in the pension benefit guarantee corporation was somewhere in the neighborhood of about uh, 20 billion and that Deficit has grown. It ended 2016 at about 80 billion. Oh my goodness! So there's a deficit in the in the federal bureaucracy. Now it has a hundred billion of assets, but it has it's in the whole about 80 billion. So if the company doesn't just say, "Well, we can't keep this promise," and here are your choices, if the pension or if the company just says. We can't continue this thing. Then the government, a wing of the government called the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corp, will step in and they will promise to pay about half of what you were promised. The question that Kevin's bringing up is, well, where does that money come from? And there's a huge deficit in that fund right now. And, and I'll tell you, you know, this we talked about some of the factors that are contributing to why the these pensions are going away. Well, the government needs to charge more money. These fees that companies need to pay for having a pension into the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corp now have to go up. Which all ties back to I've got to have a plan. And I remember, so I've been doing this for 23 years. And in 2008, a client sent me a letter, it was May 
maybe it was May of 2009. So in May of 2009, they sent me a letter, and it said, well, there are one of two things that are going to happen. And this is a, um, a client that was worked for a church. So it said the church's pension fund is either going to stop paying the pension out altogether, or it's going to reduce the amount that we're going to pay you, and we'll let you know in September. That's so sad. from May through September, they're living under this cloud of of – they had no, no control in the situation. There's nothing they could do. They were just going to find out. And they found out that their pension was reduced by about 25%. So I would encourage you, if you have a financial plan, to look at some different scenarios with your advisor. If you've got a, a, a guaranteed income stream, I would look at those potential scenarios to say, well, what if this was altered in any way? Is my plan robust enough? Could I survive uh, this kind of a, of a hit or would this be a fatal blow to me? Yeah. Is my plan robust enough and are my habits robust enough? Ooh, good. Because in a lot of these circumstances, and Tom, you may be feeling like, hey, this is all just out of my control right now. I'm being swept along uh, down a path that I really wish I wasn't going. And when you feel out of control like that, it's important to take inventory on the things that you can control. And one of them is maybe how long you're willing to work. That may be kind of a stinky proposition, but adding a year or two to your working career can have fantastic impact on the longevity of these dollars and on the strength of that retirement plan. Also, I, I, this may be a time to enhance your own budgeting skills. Make sure that you have done everything you can to squeeze down your monthly obligations to a point where you have flexibility and that control over cash flow. Mm -hmm. Because maybe one of your responses is, well, we thought we were going to live off five grand a month, but I think we can get by on 4,500 a month and the numbers still work. Uh, let's charge forward. We're on schedule for retirement. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the point is, those are decisions that you can make, again, in the context of a financial plan, which has a strong retirement projection uh, built into it. Uh, but those are, those are things that you control. Mm -hmm. Those are decisions that you get to make. No one can push that upon you. Um, so, so take hold of those things. So your option, Tom, is to seek out advice. Yeah. And most folks, you know, the bar most barbers don't cut their own hair. Most surgeons don't operate on themselves. <laughs> and most folks aren't great at at coming up with financial wisdom for themselves because they're just too close to the situation. Even if you were trained, formally trained in, in how to manage money and do all these different things, and you knew everything that there was to know, it's likely that you'd have a hard time coming up with a great answer for yourself. So I would try to find that trusted advisor who could help you. And then lay out multiple options here to see what trade-offs need to be made. Do you need to work a couple extra more years? Do you need to reduce your budget? Do you need to save a little bit more? You do have options. Don't feel like a victim and that this was just thrust upon you and it's not fair. Do something proactive about it. All right. What should you be doing if you're using your credit card to buy all those Christmas presents that are going to be opened up on the 24th and 25th? We'll tell you that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Mike Bernard, Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory coming to you from the KFG studios. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. If you've missed anything, hey, I've got good news for you. You can catch every episode on podcast. It's YouTube, or excuse me, on iTunes and Google Play. It's also on YouTube at Wise Money Radio. The full channel is there. And oh, probably the past 12 episodes or so, that's when we started that. But every episode from this point forward will be on YouTube. Lastly, wisemoneyradio.com has all the previous episodes as well. You can listen right there and leave questions that way as well. Speaking of questions, we tackled a great one from Tom earlier about what to do if you find out your pension is being swept out from under you. Tough choices. Seek help from a certified financial planner. Sarah's question's next. She is 34. My husband and I use our credit card for just about every expense we can throughout the year and then use the points to help with Christmas shopping for kids in the family. I've heard you guys talk about the importance of using cash for Christmas. It seems like I have a good system going. Would you recommend we change? Now, Sarah, I want to answer your question, but I also want to answer the other question, which is there are a lot of you that use the credit card for Christmas purchases, not just use points like Sarah. I want to hit both sides of that. Well, I do all my shopping on Amazon these days, so <laughs> cash isn't an option, right? Cash or, or credit or Bitcoin is that that's yeah, what right. you use. Yeah. <laughs> Does Amazon use Bitcoin yet? I don't know. So. I have no idea. I so use using your credit, Josh, what you're saying is it's much more, would you say convenient or? Well, I mean, uh, online purchases, it's just necessary. I guess you could use something like PayPal or, or something like that if, if it's allowable on the site you're using. But um, I, I don't necessarily see a problem with using a credit card if it's a budgeted expense. Mm-hmm. That's really the problem is most people never set any kind of limits on what they're going to spend for gifts. It's just, well, let's find the thing that uh, we want to spend and the budget balloons based on the shopping spree that's happening. Because my shopping experience, I go to places to shop and these places, and I, you don't think about it when you're walking in, but they are specifically trained to separate you from your money. <laughs> and, and, and they are- they Almost are, intentionally. They are trained to separate you from your money. They have structured the whole store and the whole experience to separate you from your money. So if you haven't set a limit before you go in and say, I will only allow them to separate me from this much money, there's, what's the limit? Well, the, the, the challenge is, folks, and listen, I am human. We established that over the break uh, on YouTube, and I have the same issue. You go in and you think, maybe, you think, I've got a limit, I'm buying, uh, I've got X amount that I can spend for this person who I'm shopping for, and all of a sudden, this is what happened to me yesterday. There's a buy three, get one free, and I start thinking, now, wait a second, <laughs> I was going You're to get value two, <laughs> but I could get I could buy three and get four. Oh my goodness, I am a math guy, that makes a lot of sense. And pretty soon that limit gets blown through because of uh, the craftiness of these marketers. That is my problem with credit cards, is it's much harder to stick to a limit 
Number one, we all have amnesia. We have amnesia at least in two areas. One, and that is electronic purchases. You just mm-hmm. can't, it's so hard to remember even 15 days after you spent the money, what you actually put on that credit card. And then the yeah. second, folks, is a totally different topic, and we have amnesia about our investments, our investment returns. You only remember what happened most recently. And so uh, that's my trouble with credit. Now, I am a big Amazon shopper. I've told you guys before that I get all of my Christmas shopping done by Thanksgiving, so I can just laugh at the people on Black Friday. But it was almost exclusively online this year. And, and you have to use a credit card. I will not use debit online because of the pirates out there. But it's got to be within a budget, within a limit. What What do you smirk? Oh, I just think of all the red-blooded American women that's, whose hearts are broken that Mike's already taken. <laughs> I mean, I just sit here and listen to him talk about that, and I think, man. Cindy is what, so happy. She is so lucky. Yes. Uh-huh. yes, that's right. I just think, I, I, I mean, you say all these these, these catchwords, these, these magic phrases, all of the Christmas shopping done. By Thanksgiving, <laughs> yeah, online, sounds, under it's budget. A fairy tale. Oh yeah. my, it's too good to be true. He may not be human after all. So I think you need to think about and say, am I a buyer or am I a shopper? Because if you are a shopper, you are at great risk. And the thing, we talk about this all the time, what makes someone successful financially? It's their habits. Yeah. And if your habit is to say, well, I don't like the constraints. We, we met with some folks, and um, they were talking about certain family members that were using the envelope system and how rigid their family members were that were on the envelope system and how it just that, that constrained life wasn't for them. So I asked them in about 17 different ways, well, with this unexpected um, windfall that you've come into, how will you put limits on what you're doing? And in 17 different ways, they told me they wouldn't. And they were unwilling to submit to any kind of limits because that was no fun. And the only thing that I knew for sure is it wouldn't be long before they would be separated from their money. You know, something you just said there, uh, leading back to Sarah's question, basically what she's saying she does is she uses her credit card throughout the year, hopefully in a disciplined fashion, pay it off every month, that sort of thing. But they're receiving some sort of rewards points or rewards dollars for using it. And then that is what they use to, to buy Christmas presents. Yep. And, um, you know, originally I, I saw some risk in that. Because I thought, well, is this sort of a windfall? It's unexpected money. Is it going to cause them to splurge and spend more than they otherwise would have? But it's also very possible that maybe they've created a finite pool of dollars and that's what they're going to spend. If they stay within it, then maybe they've they've naturally created a budget for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, and if you want to talk about best practices, so some folks would say don't ever use a credit card ever. And I think that's a great practice. You will not get yourself in trouble financially if you never use a credit card. If you do use a credit card, what I would encourage you to do is, this is my professional opinion, best practice, connect it to your bank account and have the balance drawn out of your bank account every month. Well, the the, the practice there is don't carry a balance. In fact, so getting back to your question, Sarah, I... 
I love the idea if you can do it disciplined and make sure you don't carry a balance, you pay that thing off every single month. Yeah, I, I have seen people do this in the past and all of a sudden income, there's an interruption to income or there's a change and there's an emergency and all of a sudden we can't pay that credit card bill off this mm-hmm. month. And then it starts growing and building and growing and building. That's the risk. If you can avoid that, if you've got enough discipline and structure in your financial life where you can charge everything, pay it all off each month, and that creates this windfall for Christmas, I love it. Oh, I love it. But it's got to be structured. Well, but man, that, that is a difficult thing to pull off for the reason that you said earlier, because of amnesia, right? We forget how much we've spent on the credit card over a 30-month uh, or 30-day monthly cycle there on, on the credit card. When Andrea and I uh, were first married, we used to do all the grocery shopping together. And we would cruise through the, the grocery lines, throwing stuff in the cart, having no idea what we were spending. But we would have a game. We'd get up to the uh, the counter to check out, and we would guess. How much do you think is in the cart? Price is right. Gosh, yeah. I kind of like that. I won all the time, by the way. <laughs> and it was always by weight, too. Oh, really? Uh, no. But so, so maybe that's a game where you're spending 100, 150 bucks um, in, in the shopping uh, lines and everything, but there's no way you can play that game with a credit card. If you tried to open, before you open up your next credit card statement, can you guess what's on it? Mm. I, I question how close people can get, really. Mm-hmm. And you're just hoping that you were disciplined throughout the month and you weren't blowing money on stuff that you didn't really need and racking up a bigger credit card bill than what you realize. But the, the risk is that you do get to a month where, oh, we don't have enough to pay it all off. We'll catch up next month. And the last thing that I would say is that if you, Sarah, if you are able to pull all this stuff off, you're very disciplined and you have a great structure to use a credit card, you never carry a balance, as we would say, only chumps pay credit card interest. And you, you you would never pay interest for your lifestyle, ever. Don't pay credit card interest, interest to anyone for lifestyle. I don't care if that's for clothes, for a car, for anything else. But the other thing I would look at is what are your rewards points? Mm. Because as I was showing my wife, there are certain uh, hotel points and their benefit is about half of what a cash points uh, reward type system would be. All right. All right. That is all the time we have for today, folks. Thanks for the question, Tom and Sarah. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, and myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.